Welcome to the Move to Value podcast, powered by Chess Health Solutions. The Move to Value podcast is dedicated to helping healthcare providers understand and make the transition into value-based care. We do this through conversations and the sharing of innovative ideas with experts and leaders throughout the healthcare industry. Our mission is to sustainably transform the healthcare experience for the patient, provider, and care team by cultivating a value-oriented, compassionate, and health-aligned community. In this episode, we visit with Marquis Macon, Assistant Vice President at Atrium Health's Collaborative Physician Alliance. Mr. Macon works with physician and operational leaders to drive cost, quality, and risk adjustment efforts across the clinically integrated network. Hi, Marquis. Can you give a brief overview about the Collaborative Physician Alliance? Sure thing. Well, Collaborative Physician Alliance, or CPA, as we like to refer to ourselves as, we're a physician-led, clinically integrated network focusing on collaboration uh, to redesign healthcare for better quality and efficiency, better health for our patients, better satisfaction for our providers, and better value for all. We're made up of about 2,700 physicians, two-thirds are employed by Atrium Health, and about one-third of what we consider affiliates. These affiliates are community physicians with whom we share patients. Together, we have about 300 physician practices and over 370,000 covered lobs in our value agreements, uh, and we're anticipated to grow to over half a million covered lobs by 2023 and 2024. Since our first performance year in 2017, we've achieved over $136 million in total savings and over $8 million in pay-for-performance incentives. How does CPA use population health data and analytics to create strategies to promote health equity and access to care? Well, we often like to say that we have the holy grail of data. Through collaboration with our payer partners, we have access to robust claims information, which is really helpful as we understand the disease prevalence of our population. We also leverage real-time clinical data through our electronic health record, and we'll have even more capabilities as we transition to a standard uh, electronic health record across our enterprise. Additionally, we lean into the expertise of various teams in developing strategies to promote health equity and access to care, uh, including Atrium Health's Population Health and Analytics Team, uh, our Center for Outcomes Research and Evaluation, uh, and our Community and Social Impact Team. For example, based on our research, we know that when it comes to hypertension, there's a higher prevalence of uncontrolled hypertension among African Americans within our Greater Charlotte region. This data also shows that there's a higher prevalence of patients in hypertensive crisis among this population as compared to white patients. And we see similar trends in our diabetes population. So HM Health's Equity Executive Leadership in partnership with the Quality and Equity of Care Committee of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Hospital Association, uh, these boards requested a focus on health equity. And as a result of our findings, the Greater Charlotte Region selected hemoglobin A1C control and diabetic blood pressure control in African-American patients as areas of focus. So healthcare mergers and practice acquisitions are happening with greater frequency. What impact can this have on the provider and the patient? Yeah, sure. So for the most part, healthcare mergers and practice acquisitions have had favorable impact on providers and patients, particularly within HM Health. Uh, since 2018, we've expanded our footprint through strategic combinations with HM Health Navicent, HM Health Wake Forest Baptist, and most recently, HM Health Floyd. So now HM Health has over 70,000 teammates across the Carolinas, Georgia, and Alabama, and have 38,000 patient encounters each day. That's about one patient encounter every two seconds. 
We've also leveraged our economies of scale to experience a cost avoidance of overhead and IT expenses, provide greater access to care, and increase our influence with our payers. These efforts have allowed us to move closer to achieving the triple aim, uh, improving a patient experience, delivering high quality, uh, and managing our medical costs. And by expanding our atrium health enterprise, our physicians have increased access to clinical expertise. For example, we now have access to the large academic network at atrium health Wake Forest Baptist. And as a result, we're building the first medical school here in Charlotte in collaboration with the Wake Forest School of Medicine. Patients can benefit from this increased clinical expertise by way of their health outcomes and overall quality of life. However, I have to mention that favorable results to patients and physicians may not be the case in all mergers and acquisitions. So many MNAs have failed uh, across the country due to disparities in organizational culture, uh, poor communications, and unengaged physician, unengaged physician leadership. Uh, it's important that organizations do appropriate due diligence prior to pursuing an MNA with an organization. Um, next, I have a question, sort of piggybacks on that a bit. So we hear a lot about physician burnout. And many providers view value-based care contracts as administratively intensive. How do you view CINs, like CPA, aiding providers in the coming years? Certainly. Well, first, we have to be aware uh, and acknowledge that the fact that physician burnout is real, particularly through the past years, past few years of this pandemic. And so as we implement our strategy and rollout initiatives through CPA, we're very mindful to leverage the teams and resources that surround and support the, the providers. For example, we've increased uh, registered nurse and coding resources to assist in identifying opportunities uh, and coding and documentation accuracy. So we know that physicians aren't coders and not any experts uh, in, in coding. And so we had to think of how to best support them while minimally impacting their workflow. Another example uh, is the investment in a new electronic medical record across the enterprise. Uh, so this will allow physicians and care teams uh, to more readily identify cr critical clinical needs uh, during that patient visit. Also, our affiliate groups with small administrative staff, or frankly, no administrative staff, uh, rely on CPA to submit required documentation and clinical information to CMS on their behalf. I predict that CINs like CPA and also accountable care organizations across the country will continue to provide uh, value by reducing that administrative burden through these efforts. So how do you get provider buy-in for these new models to drive performance? Is there any way that you measure provider buy-in? Yeah, so provider buy-in and engagement has been essential to our success in performance to date. Uh, we're fortunate to have engaged physicians on our board of managers and on our various committees to drive performance and help inform our strategy. To foster physician engagement, we have an annual citizenship process where participating physicians are required to review our policies and procedures. Uh, watch a video created by Dr. Jennifer Brady, our CEO, which gives a thorough review of our performance across our various agreements, and review an educational video on a key topic critical to our success and value. Over the past few years, there's been a large focus uh, in documentation and coding accuracy, so this has been our educational topic uh, for the past few years. Completing citizenship is required uh, by physicians in order to receive any performance incentive, and we're able to track uh, and measure uh, performance at the physician level. We also track the usage of our care team enablement hub, which is a tool that provides actionable information related to a physician's performance and value. So next, I'd like to ask, how important is data at the provider's fingertips, and what is CPA doing to affect that? 
Yeah, so data at the provider's fingertips is very important. Uh, in order to change physician behavior, it's important that we provide robust and personalized data directly to them uh, that provide actionable insights to help deliver better care. We've heard this from our frontline physician leadership uh, as well as our care teams. And as a result, we've developed the Care Team Enablement Hub. This interactive tool provides visibility into a physician's performance and value, including provider and practice-specific scorecards which summarize their panel sizes, uh, their quality measure performance, and several contract-specific cost and utilization metrics, such as emergency department usage and high-cost imaging rates. It also includes a comprehensive patient-level summary intended for supportive information in visit planning and our clinical office huddles. We continue to iterate the care team enablement tool to provide valuable information to our physicians and the care teams. Additionally, we're working with our EHR partners to leverage clinical decision support technology. Stanson is a tool that we've implemented to reduce physician alert fatigue, eliminate unnecessary orders, and suggest HCC capture opportunities during the patient visit. As a result, we've experienced $98,000 in canceled alert savings, reduced over 1 million nuisance alerts, and have had an additional 2,000 HCC categories documented. So how does CPA approach all the different quality metrics for these contracts and help the provider focus on what is important? Sure. So as suggested in our new name, Collaborative Physician Alliance, our success is due to our relentless collaboration with physicians and the care teams. We've developed what we call our Value Metrics Marathon, which was an outcome of the 2020 pandemic, uh, to ensuring our highest risk patients receive the care that they needed. Uh, we, we created a quick glance document, uh, which allows us to view performance across each quality metric in each of our value agreements. Uh, those measures that are at target are highlighted in green. Those are not at target are in red, and those that are within 5% of target are highlighted in yellow. So this is a quick, easy view um, of our performance at a, at a high level. We share this quick lens on a bi-monthly basis with physician and operational stakeholders uh, as an easy visual indicator to view where additional focus is needed. In addition, uh, we attend physician-level meetings on a monthly basis to communicate our performance. We share the quick lens uh, and identify specific areas of focus for the month based on our most recent performance information. Marquis, what advice do you have for the provider who is beginning their journey into value-based care and is trying to deliver the best outcomes for their patient? Sure. So I, I have three things that come to mind. Uh, number one is, one, understanding truly where you have opportunity. Uh, it's really important to have accurate data. Uh, payers often are the source of truth. So ensuring that the data that you have internally um, is in alignment with documentation that the payer is providing is really critical. Uh, the second piece that I would piece of advice that I would give is establishing productive relationships with the payers. We have to uh, work with the payers in a different way as we move forward. Uh, many of the payers have support systems and tools that you all can leverage uh, to improve patient outcomes, such as in-home nursing visits uh, and the ability to address quality gaps. Uh, the third piece of advice I would say is documentation is key. Uh, often it is easier to focus on appropriate documentation uh, of a patient's condition uh, than to try to reduce their medical spend, right? If that, that cancer patient, that the medical spend is, is what it's going to be, um, but where we can impact is making sure that we're appropriately uh, documenting and coding that patient's true condition. Uh, showing your work, if you will, uh, to payers by accurate documentation and coding uh, so that you're truly demonstrating the complexity of your patients is essential. Uh, show that you're closing those care gaps like breast cancer screening and colon cancer screening, uh, ensuring that you're documenting that annual wellness visit. Risk adjustment is 
is really often how your per, per member per month spend or your medical loss ratio targets are set in many of the value agreements. Marquis, is there is there anything that I didn't ask that you would like to uh, contribute to this conversation, or is there any closing words that you'd like to like to provide to our audience? I truly believe that uh, this move to value and value-based care is really the way of the future. So it's important uh, for physicians and care teams to really embrace it and really position yourselves um, for the future. As we look at uh, medical expenditures across the country, um, you know, CMS and the funds that they have available to them uh, is, is becoming uh, less and less, right? And so um, uh, CMS, other payers are really looking at uh, are not not only are we just um, are we just seeing patients uh, to to see them, or is, is truly that care, that quality of care uh, being impacted? And so we're going to be uh, paid on that accordingly. So it's important to kind of uh, get in front of that, understand all the parts and pieces. And I would just again double down uh, on the importance of of showing your work. Right, that documentation and coding and the accuracy therein is is key uh, to achieve success in the future in value based care. Outstanding, Marquis Macon. Thank you for joining us today on the Move to Value podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Move to Value podcast, powered by Chess Health Solutions, where our mission is to sustainably transform the healthcare experience for the patient, provider, and care team. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. As always, you can head over to movetovaluepodcast.com to sign up for the email list as well as check out all the resources in the show notes. If you are interested in continuing to hear about value-based care and how it impacts you, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, we would love it if you would share the Move to Value podcast across social media and leave a rating and review. See you next time.